was, though. She could really be a prosecutor. Because she can ask the right questions, you know. And I, <clears throat> I really appreciate you guys going with me last Sunday night. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, Thanksgiving. Everybody had a good time? Dixie had a better Thanksgiving. She didn't have to cook at all this year. She's always been the cook. But Raise a daughter that can cook. If they can cook, that's good. Dexter cook for you? Well, that's good. Dixie wishes she'd have taught me to cook, but uh, she didn't. Um, there's just a lot going on. I want to tell you a story. We lived uh, on a ranch. We lived on a couple ranches, in fact, in Kansas, different times, before I started to school. And on this one, must have been the first place we lived up there, and it was out around Dodge City area. But uh, <clears throat> there was a lot of wheat pasture around there, and they'd, we'd, they herd the cattle they drive them down the road, turn them on those wheat fields. There wasn't any pasture, so they'd have one guy kind of just be sure they stayed right there, you know. J. Tom, that's one of my first getting to go with the big boys, to ride a horse and follow them along. But uh, there was also... Some, uh, I don't know if he was Hispanic, he's probably more Indian, kind of a big guy, was a sheep herder. And he lived in a little old hut kind of a thing. And I don't know what his name is, but <clears throat> to us, we just always called him Wild Bill. Now, we'd never seen him other than him and a dog way off over there, you know. But one day, probably Saturday evening, he came to the house and knocked on the door and he really, two or three other cowboys lived there with us, and he wanted to ride to town. And my brother come, uh, so if I was six, he was three or four, he come running in there and said, Wild Bill's here, Wild Bill's here. Well, <clears throat> that seems like a very lonely life to me to be out there by yourself like that. Well, just being alone by yourself is not bad. There's times we all need to get alone and by ourselves Amen. with the Lord. We, we need that. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of lonely people. There are a lot of lonely people. And there's a lot of lonely people during holiday times. And there's people that wish we didn't have holidays because of that. My mom, one year, I don't remember if it was Thanksgiving or Christmas, but she went with us over to Dixie's folks 
for the holidays. Her and my dad had been divorced for a while. Uh, she didn't have a boyfriend. And uh, there were some other people there. But after that, she got married. I don't know if she made a proposal that evening or he did or what. But she told me, she said, I, I can't tell you how alone I felt, even with family. So I'm sure she's not the only person that's ever been in that place. And yet the Lord wants to fill those voids, and that's easy to say that, but living that out and coming to that place is something else that we kind of have to learn to find our place in God and, uh, and walk through. So I thought about the sheep herder, but I also think about my mom and her reaction to that. I want to read you a verse, and it's out of the Passion Translation this morning. But let me tell you this. <clears throat> I'm going to talk, let me tell you some things about King David that I can't prove that are true, but I believe might be. In other words, you can't find them in the Bible. Do you know that he said, um, in sin my mother conceived me? You know, that's in the Word. Um, why, when Samuel ask uh, Jesse to bring his sons why David wasn't invited. Was it just because he was the youngest? Usually the youngest one spoiled, he wouldn't have been having to do the work. So I, I don't know. Just things I've thought about in that. And there's some, it's not in the Bible, you'd have to go back in the Talmud, some old records. And, and there's a lot of people that really feel like that he was illegitimate. His mother might have been a prostitute, might have been a handmaiden. I, I don't know. Why did he establish the tabernacle of David? There's no place that God told him to do that. Because see, the, an illegitimate person couldn't have went back into the old tabernacle. Just some thoughts. But yet God had such a plan and such a purpose. And he does for every one of us, regardless of our background. And he's still the only person that it's written. He was a man after my own heart. I'm not saying that to take away from him. I'm just telling you what a great God we have. You know what? He was lonely. You could ask probably some of those men that came to him when he hid in the caves and ran for his life when after he'd killed Goliath and he'd played the harp for Saul and did all those things and yet he knew his life was just that close to death. And he cried out to God. But this 
this verse is uh, out of Psalms 143.7. <clears throat> Lord, come quickly and answer me. For my depression deepens and I'm about to give up. Don't leave me now or I will die. That's David. We're not the only ones. And we've always, we've all been in that place sometime or other. I was going to tell you about my, when I was a seventh grader and got connected with this eighth grade girl, you know, how that ended. I was lonely. Well, it was all right. She dropped a book in some class and I picked it up and it, she had a note for me. And so I got lured into this for probably a week or so and invited to a birthday party. But at the birthday party, she had apparently changed her mind and she didn't tell me. But I eventually got the message and just walked on home. You know, so we've all went through something and I know mine's funny, but compared to yours, I know there's some real heartache. I read a quote of John Maxwell this week, and he quotes Dr. Carl Menninger. And Menninger was a psychiatrist. And I asked him this question. What advice would you give to a person that was a, they thought they were about to have a nervous breakdown? Now, they thought he'd tell them, go see a psychiatrist, but he didn't. He said, you need to leave your house, lock it up, Go to the other side of town and find somebody really in need and do something for them. Do something for them. He said, a generous person rarely has mental problems because it's just so easy just to be concerned about us, isn't it? About me, my needs. We sang that song, we don't need anything but the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Am I the only one needed to repent singing that? Because I was thinking some other things that amount to nothing in the kingdom of God, but they just popped up today to kind of, things will just want to try to get you off track. And probably just dwelling on our issues and that's why so many people then they get just in their own world whether they just stay home they go to work come home they they want to withdraw and you know uh, one thing a, a mood never it will never leave you you won't pray it out you won't counsel it out you've just got to kick it and decide you've got to get going. That's the best thing. You can pray, you can beg God, and you'll probably just, you can keep getting deeper into it because there's always a reason where I always end up defending myself in those situations. We want to put it somewhere else. Maybe... Uh, Oh, you can be lonely in a crowd. You can be lonely in church. You can be lonely here today. You can be lonely on the job. 
What about being lonely at home? And you can't blame someone else. You've got to take the responsibility. Quit blaming. Quit putting curses on the job or the spouse or the kids. Or Did you read the daily devotion today? What's his name, John? Jonathan Winters. That was interesting, I thought. How his dad told him how stupid he was. He was going off the army. His mom didn't apparently correspond with him, have anything to do with him, came home. Everything he had stored in the attic was gone. She said, oh, we didn't know whether you'd live or not. So they got rid of it. Now, what kind of a loving parent is that? I still love his love scene. Him and Carol Burnett, of all the two people to play a love scene. One of their classics. But I thought, you know how that man learned to make fun of himself and whatever was going on? Some of that come out of some of the hurt that he'd went through. We can't blame others. Quit blaming others. Here's a verse. I'm reading them out of the Passion today. John 10, 10. A thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I've come to give you everything in abundance. I've come to give you everything in abundance more than you expected. Life in its fullness until you overflow. Come on, we need to be overflowing. We, we need to believe that God is who He says He is and that He's going to do what He's promised. His Word is true and the only hold up is us. We have got to learn to fight the thief that wants to kill, steal, and destroy. That thing that comes at us and it's always negative. It's always a, a pull on your life. It's it's always something's wrong. There's such an, an accuser of the brethren that's just a demonic spirit that really doesn't always have a right to you. Now, you know, if I'm guilty, that's one thing. But there, these spirits come even when you're not guilty to try to suck life out of you. And that's what, you can put that back up there, Leah, that I had you type out for me this morning. That's out of Psalms 149.6. God's high and holy praises fill their mouth. For their shouted praises are their weapons of war. I did some shouted praises during the praise and worship this morning. Listen, it's okay. How many hollered at the ball game yesterday? Come on. Rest of you, well, I won't call you liars, but but why not? Why not shout to our God? Come on, stand up. Let's have a shout to God. Come on, let's bless the Lord. Their shouted praises are their weapons of war. These are your weapons of war. Shouting praises to God 
are your weapons of war. Darkness flee because we praise the Lord. It's okay to shout to God. It's okay to shout at the rodeo, horse show, ball games, church. It's okay to shout to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You can sit down or run around and shout. You can just leave that up, Leah. But think about, think about, get up of the morning. You may want to get by yourself, but it's okay if you disturb the house. Shout to the Lord. Shout till the darkness flees. Shout until you break that old thing that just wants to stop you and you, and you want to blame everyone else. Let's look at uh, Philippians uh, chapter 4. Verse 9 says, These things which you've both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace will be with you. Well, the verse before that is, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known to all men. The day of the Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, with prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And it says, And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Then it says, Think on whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are pure. You know, it just goes on and on and on. Think on these things. Now, <clears throat> you can do this. We've got to, when those old thoughts come, you've got to consciously decide, I'm going to think on what's right, what's good. You may just say, I want to fix my eyes on Jesus. You may have a favorite verse. I thought about that. Uh, Psalms 91.10, no plague shall come near your dwelling. How about that one for this virus? For he'll give his angels charge. They'll surround you. They'll lift you up. Think on these things which you both learned, heard, and received, and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace will be with you. It started out, said the peace of God, and then it says, now the God of peace will be with you. But these things take life out of us because we think about what's wrong. 2 Corinthians 10, 5. We can demolish every fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture like prisoners of war every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. <clears throat> we, <clears throat> pardon me. We've got to do it. We curse ourselves. We curse those around us. 
we blame everybody else. The words that come out of our mouth that aren't right, we're going to give an account before God. And I wish a lot of them I could take back, but I can't. But I don't need to continually do it. You can abort a thought. You can have that thought. I'm going to think on good things. You can abort that thought. You can do away with it. You can bring it captive. Thought, and they want to keep coming back. I'm going to think on other things. I'm not going to be lonely. I'm going to choose to think on the right things. He says we have the mind of Christ, but see, we, we've got a lot of, we can't blame on God because we put a lot of things in our mind that wasn't of God. Think on these things. We have got to learn to think on these things. And we've got to get over. I wish it wasn't like it is. Well, listen, it is. It is what it is. And apparently you had a part in it. I had a part in it. We dug those holes. But you know what? We've got to do something about it. There was these ten lepers in Luke, and they saw Jesus, and they said, Jesus, have mercy on us and heal us. He spoke a word to them, said, go show yourselves to the priest. They all took off. I'm sure they ran for the first time in a long time. But as they were going, one of them turned around, realizing what had happened to him. And he came back and said, he fell at the feet of Jesus. He fell at his feet. And Jesus said these words to him. Arise and go. It was your faith that brought salvation and made you whole. It was your faith. You've got to act on some of the things you know to do. Amen. He was the one that was made well. He was the one that was made whole. What about the uh, Luke 18 is where uh, the widow woman needed help and the unrighteous judge wouldn't help her, but she just kept going. She just kept asking him. She kept showing up. And finally he said, she's wearing me out. I'm going to help her just to get rid of her. And you go on and read down a, a few verses in that. And here's what Jesus said about it. He said, God will give swift justice to those who don't give up. He's going to give justice if you don't give up. That means, that, and listen, some of you have given up on some things. You've given up on your job. You've given up maybe on your family. Maybe you've given up on your spouse. You've just given up on some things. And I, I realized the other day, Dixie and I were talking about some health things. And I have some nerves that bother me. And I said, you know what? I've just kind of learned to accept that. And that's not right. I'm not going to accept it. That's why we had them pray for us here before we started this morning. There's things in life we just, well, I guess I'm just going to have to put up with it. Well, maybe you shouldn't. Maybe you will have to. I, I don't know. I'm not saying 
He delivers us of everything. But there's a place in it where we can find our peace in Him and know where He's at in it. And we'll not be bombarded with those negatives. Oh, I should have. Oh, it's... Oh, it's it, and it's just... This shouldn't come out of our mouth. It's that person's fault. Or it's this. Or it's this. Or it's this. Come on, don't hang that junk out around me. You know, there, there's... There's people that are just drainers. But, you know, I used to enjoy going hanging out with the guys. And, I mean, it, was, it wasn't bad stuff, but it was just negative stuff. Do you know this about them, or did you hear about that? or did you? And it, it just all takes life out of you. I want to hang around with people who's got something good to say. I want them to, let, let's have a, can we have a godly conversation? Can we talk about what God's doing? Does it have to be always what's wrong in our country? You know, God's a big tricker. And I've really been studying, thinking about this. Nothing happens without Him being involved in it. And He's allowed us to have this administration. And we ought to be praying for them like we did for Donald Trump. It says pray for those in authority. I didn't listen to the news this morning, but I'm assuming he's still in authority. I don't understand that. I don't think it was fair. But you know what? That's where we're at. And my complaining about it wouldn't change anything. But I believe our prayers can. There's just a lot of things in life that seem to, that, that want to entrap us. But he doesn't want us lonely. We need to think about the tragedy of the cross. We need to think about what it cost God for our salvation. We need to think about what he has done for us. What, we need to believe the word. Put the word in you. I regret not memorizing more scripture. I've probably memorized more scripture in the last year or two than I ever have. And you know what? I thought it was too hard. No, you just got to work at it. I'm going to believe David could learn to run a computer and he's a, a, a regular phone. <laughs> David, you can't put that off on him. I mean, we've got to walk in what God's given us. I mean, we all face challenges. I'm challenged with a lot of things. I have to have people around me to help me with it. SDN in the office. I mean, we're challenged. His word's true. He is who he says he is. He's created us for a plan and purpose. And we're to be proclaimers of his gospel. And we're to be his light wherever he sends us. And I just bless you with that today. Let's just stand up and worship him. Put that verse back up, that part of that one verse. I challenge you to remember this about 
they shouted their shouted praises are the weapons of war. As you shout his praises, that's your weapons of war. You're in a war. You're in a war. You know, you I've went through a lot of good days and weeks, and then all at once, boy, here's something. And nobody else may know about your battle but you. But you you better shout shout the praises. If you'll shout it, you'll have more hope. Your spirit will be built up. Let's just worship him this morning. Let's praise him. Let's let him heal our broken hearts, lonely hearts. The altars are open. Stella, come pray for me. Stella will pray for you this morning. Anyone else? Just come. It's not God's will for you to be lonely. He wants to heal your heart. Some of you need to really deal with your confession and your words. It hurts my heart to hear one Christian says, Wow, I can't believe how that person talks referring to another Christian. He's the healer. He's our king. He's our Lord. Let's get our hearts ready to take communion.
It's easy to come to everybody or everything but Jesus. Jesus, we just need you. I need you as much today as I've ever needed you in my life. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We're going to partake of communion if you guys want to go ahead and pass that bread out. Just remember that Jesus last night with the disciples, his last meal, that last supper. He made the covenant with us based on his body and based on his blood. Lord, we thank you. We thank you. Everybody get served. Oh, Father. Father, we just love you, Father, and we thank you. Father, we do, we do. This is your body, Father, and we thank you for your son, Jesus, Father, that he gave his body and it was broken. And he did it for us, Father. He did it for love. You love us so much. So, Father, we do this in remembrance of you, Father, and the sacrifice that your Son paid for for us and our salvation, Father, for our healing. And, Father, we just thank you for it. Father, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Can you imagine that last night? He was putting all into his disciples he could, and they didn't know what was coming. He knew. He knew. He knew they were going to leave that supper, walk to the garden, go through that probably three-hour prayer process that went on there, and then face Judas, that crowd, the religious leaders, and he did it all in love. Can you imagine facing that crowd in love, knowing they're coming to get you? Lord, thank you for your covenant. 
This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after his supper. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. Come on, this is a season of thanksgiving. Lord, we thank you that you've chosen us. Lord, thank you that you've ordained us. You chose us to live in this day and time. Lord, thank you that you allow us to call you Abba, Father God. David, you want to pray for us? You Amen. Amen. He became our high priest. Amen. And went into the heavenly holy of holies and presented your own blood. And through this blood we have covenant with you. We thank you for it, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. That we're in covenant with him. We're in covenant with one another. But think about this. At his last supper, it's when he really gave himself to us. Do this in remembrance of me. One of his last acts was bringing us into covenant with him. Any other words? Lord, just thank you that you've chosen us, that you wrote our names in your book, and we choose to follow you. We choose to take up the cross and follow you. Lord, I bless my brothers and sisters. I bless our church family. I bless those that couldn't be here today. Lord, just thank you that you've given us everything we need. And we choose to praise you in Jesus' name. Remember to shout out those praises and more. Amen. Amen. Don't forget Wednesday night. Debbie will be ready. Okay.